Hey, welcome back to the Infamous Podcast. This is Brian. This is Daryl. And I said like the hey part really weird today. What's going on there? I don't know. It's very strange. Um, hey now, hey you're now. an all-star. Get the game on, go. No, it's the um, the somebody wants. <laughs> you so. know, like when like they do that and then somebody has something horrible happen to them. And that's yeah. uh, Smash Mouth's legacy now. It's like, really? So I love people who bash on like Smash Mouth and like Nickelback and Creed because like they were the biggest bands in the world for like years at a time. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, and like they were like number one, like multiple number ones, all three of those bands, I think. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I do like uh, the little renaissance that Creed is having on like with memes and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's cool to to hate on stuff like sometimes or a lot of times nowadays and so people that probably like them back then they're like oh i didn't like them yeah no. yeah it's like dude you know what stand up for your choices if you don't like something that's dumb dude, if you like something that's dumb i completely deal. unironically love counting crows love them they're yeah. one of my top three favorite bands so you know um but yeah Anyway, uh, did, well, you saw that uh, the Star Wars meme I sent you with what Luke was listening to when he bombed the Death Star. Yes, <laughs> I was like, oh my God! And then the Christmas Caroler or the Creedmas Caroler Carolers. <laughs> Words are hard. Anyway, anyway, anyway. But yeah. Oh, all right. You want to jump into it? Yeah, let's do this. All right. Um, e three. It's, it's done. Dead. dead. So I I chose what I thought was the most appropriate source for E3. The, you know, being dead, which was IGN. And surprisingly enough, when they rated E3, they gave it a 7 out of 10. <laughs> Speaking of, I was uh, talking to David. I was talking to David the other day, and um, we were just talking about, like, oh, yeah, this I, I like, out of 10. And he's like, I gave it a 7 out of 10. I'm like, of course you did. Because he worked for IGN for so long. <laughs> anyway, it was funny. Um, uh, but yeah, so uh, yeah, the Entertainment Software Association has announced the end of E3 for good 28 years after it first took place. In a statement they shared on X and with the Washington Post, the SA has decided to end the Electronic Entertainment Expo after more than two decades. Um, it says here, after more than two decades of E3, each one bigger than the last. It's, the time has come to say the, goodbye. Thanks for the memories. Um, they should have said thanks for all the fishes. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, they're they're just they can't sustain the interest necessary to put it on as the the size and scale <clears throat> to make any kind of impact anymore. Um, I I think this is the first and what we're going to see in a line of <clears throat> either canceling or greatly greatly reducing some of these major comic cons expos things like that mm -hmm. yeah. um i i think we we've seen since covid um a lot of these publishers and stuff pulled back and then like even now because they don't want to face the fans because of all the crap they're putting out there they're like these people are canceling and doing like d3 instead of san diego comic con Right. Or D23, yeah. sorry. 
Yeah, and, and as far as uh, the E3, there, there had been rumblings about this, especially like you mentioned after COVID and some of the stuff that had to happen or that happened because of that. But yeah, like getting this, like the confirmation that it's done kind of, it, it sucks in the sense of, because I, I used to remember you know, getting excited to see what, what are the reveals for E3 yeah. or oh, gamings yeah. for you know, the upcoming year. But now you have, oh, there's, I mean, there's a ton of other smaller ones like you were just talking about, like more regional, but there's also things like GamesCon. Yeah. And there was one just a couple weeks ago where there was a lot of game trailers. So, so E3 in and of itself, it's also almost become obsolete because of just, there's so many more options out there. And I think, like you said, there, there's smaller options as because you make a good point as far as not wanting to, you know, face for lack of a better term, face your accusers. Right. Like some of these people are, but there's a lot of stuff that goes on online instead of having, you know, these big conventions where all these people show up. I mean, yes, there's still going to be things like that. <clears throat> right. But having something as that, that has been as big for so long as E3 was and how much it meant to gaming and stuff go down. Right. But it's funny enough, the gaming industry, the the good aspects of the gaming industry, because there 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 are still some issues with the gaming industry, just like entertainment in general, it's gonna live on. It's just you know, as someone who you know grew up and watched the E3, and it's funny you used IGN because I was you know I was an IGN magazine guy mm-hmm. back in the day before yep. we had the internet. So yeah, it it sucks, but you know what? It's it's a new day, and yes, it is. Changes sometimes have to be made. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Um, I don't know. I just think it's interesting. I, uh, I, you know, you know who's really to blame for this? G four. G four TV. G four couldn't keep their shit together for for thirty years to to keep it going. <laughs> so I am bummed. Uh, I'm bummed that they're stopping at twenty eight, and they're like, let's just do two more. It's just like, no. Yeah. They're like, now we're done. We've had enough. <laughs> you know, you can take your round numbers and you can shove it up your collective butts. <laughs> so I don't, I mean, I don't know. It's, uh, it's interesting. It's like you said, it's sad. It's just one of those things that, you know, just one more thing that's, that's, you know, dead and gone that, that pr- provided us with a little bit of joy. So. But, right, you know, but like you said, like Nintendo does their own, Sony does stay to play. Mm-hmm. Who knows what Microsoft does because nobody cares, but you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's, it's kind of, it reminds me in a way that just because I was talking about this yesterday with some people at a party we went to, it's, it's, it's similar to how, um, I've lost my train of thought for a second. But yeah, like with these things, you kind of like you have these big kind of major things, and then you have these smaller things coming around. That it's 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 part of just the like cable. Like that that was the thing. Like we left cable because you know cable was this big thing, and then you get you get first you get the satellite companies like Directv and stuff like that. Then you get all these streaming services and 
you're like all, all these options you have and you, and you're saving all this money mm-hmm. and then the streaming service is almost like in in a, a collusionary fact um way start raising their prices getting right. good stuff on there but then you're like man i left this stuff 10 20 years ago mm-hmm. because of the prices and the right. lack of options and now they're you know i don't know like just I, not, I guess i, I look I, so here's the thing is like because Haley and i were having this conversation yesterday actually because mm-hmm. she there was some game she was looking at and she asked she's getting the physical copy of it for the ps4 mm-hmm. it's like well, why are you getting it for the ps4 like I know the PS4 mm-hmm. is at your mom's house, but PS5 is at my house, and it looks like I forget what game it was, but it looked pretty cool. Um, yeah. Oh, by the way, she beat Hogwarts Legacy. Oh, nice. Yeah. Now she's going through and she's she's trying to complete everything. Which, by the way, just a quick thing on Hogwarts Legacy, it actually beat out uh, Modern Warfare Three, and it's only the third time in the last since 2010 that uh, a Call of Duty game was not the highest selling game. I mean, it's Harry Potter. Yeah. There's a whole generation of people who that's the yeah. only books oh. they've ever read. Right. It, well, yeah. The only other two times it was Red Dead Redemption 2 and uh, GTA 5. Very interesting. That's 2010. So. I wonder if GTA 6 in 2025 will do that. Who knows? Oh, absolutely it will. Anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah. All right. Yeah. Oh, so no, the video game prices, right? Like, mm-hmm. here's the thing. When we were kids, video games were $60. Yeah. Games now are still sixty dollars. Sometimes they're for the most part. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I don't feel like the price for video games is out of control. I, I agree because I was read. I, you know, I've read some people going against that in message boards, and it's, it's like actually step back and think about it. Okay. Yeah. And one of the things people bring up is, and again, this is what I hate with a passion and I don't use hate a lot, is are the microtransactions in certain games. But guess what? These microtransactions, I don't have to buy them. I never buy them. Right. So trying to say that, you know, they're getting greedy because they're – well, they are getting greedy because of microtransactions. But, again, you're the consumer. It's your choice to buy this stuff. You can just get the game for 60, 70 bucks. And and this is what I do. And and I'm not counting DLC because that's another aspect. But get these games for 60, 70 bucks and not spend a dime on microtransactions. Right. Or you can get the same game and then spend $100, $200 on microtransactions. Right. Yes, the companies are greedy. However, take responsibility for what you're doing and your actions and purchasing these microtransactions. Because if they know these things sell, they're not going to stop unless you, as a con- these consumers, say, you know what? I guess I'm not going to buy this skin that's 25 bucks. Yeah. So, yeah. I, uh, but, yeah. but here's the other thing, too, is like, you know, I'll buy new games every now and then, but I typically wait mm-hmm. until they're like at the greatest hits price at 99 I usually do, too. So, or, uh, or they're free for the PlayStation Premium stuff. Right. So, anyway, all right, let's, uh, let's move on to, to something that's actually been kind of fun to talk about. Um, Doctor Doctor Who is also dead. Um, oh, but <laughs> grief! That thing is a zombie right now. Christopher Christopher Eccleston uh, has come out and declared he will only return to the series if BBC sacks Russell T Davies and the current creative team. Um, so Christopher Eccleston is largely responsible for making Doctor Who cool again because mm-hmm. his Doctor was pretty awesome. 
um, he was he was like he was more violent than the other. You know, he was just like he had no com- compunction about like just doing what needed to be done to complete the mission, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he had that whole like crazy doctor may care um, attitude, and then his uh, his chemistry with with Billy Piper and uh, John Barrowman were great. Yeah, and I I remember again. I'm I'm not a Doctor Who guy, but I do remember seeing him over everything, like you know, with during the Doctor Who resurrection. And right. I think about him like when I think of Doctor Who, especially in the modern day, I think of him and I think of David Tennant. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. Um. So the whole reason I started watching Doctor Who again was because of Christopher Eccleston, um, mainly because when he was in um, Danny Boyle's Shallow Grave with Ewan McGregor, um, which is a great film. Everyone should watch it. Um, and then because he was the bad guy in Gone in 60 Seconds. <laughs> um, but uh, But yeah, it's like, I mean, I'd seen... Obviously, I saw him in Elizabeth. Excuse me. Um, and the others with Nicole Kidman. Um, and 28 Days Later, obviously. But uh, but yeah. So, unfortunately, he was also Destro in um, The Rise of Cobra. Just just putting that one out there. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, oh, well, let's not. Anyway, but uh, so he... There's this just savage quote from him. Um, so he has not really spoken much about his time on Doctor Who because it was it was pretty bad. But um, in this article from Bounding, it says, while the former series star did not speak to a specific with Davies during his this panel appearance, it appears to stem from previously discussed breakdown of his relationship with the four across his time on Doctor. So he's talking about the showrunner, the producer, and the co-producer producer um it says here my relationship broke down with all three immediate supervisors the showrunner the producer co-producer broke down irreparably during the first block of filming and it never recovered eccleston told the uk-based um entertainment outlet radio news and our radio times sorry in 2018 he said they lost trust in me and i lost faith and trust and belief in them and he says here, when I gave my word to then showrunner Russell T. Davies that I wouldn't do anything to damage the show, but they did things to damage me. I didn't criticize criticize anybody. So um, he really didn't. He did not like talk bad about Doctor Who at all. I always find that such an underhanded, dirty thing yeah. that some of these people do and think and don't care. Yeah. Or think it's okay to despair because we again we get on people who disparage other properties. Like for example, when we talk about Disney and we talk yeah. about Rachel Zelger and how she disparages Snow White. Now she says she loves everything. Oh, yeah. oh it was Disney. the greatest thing ever. I love everything yeah. Disney. Uh, but but okay. you know it. Yeah. Sorry. And I give credit when people like Haley Halle Bailey, who was the new Ariel, whatever doesn't matter. I'll never watch that film, but you know what? She had nothing but good things to say about the original Little Mermaid. Yeah. So, so um, I'm not going to let Christopher Eccleston off the hook here, though, because when he oh, was on yeah. Thor The Dark World, just like now That's Portman, true. he didn't want to be there. And he, he, he and Natalie Portman both 
were massively, massively just bashing everything about um, the movie and the production and the story. And, you know, Alan Taylor, who had to step in for uh, a fired Patty Jenkins, who, thank goodness that happened. I mean, imagine how bad the movie would have been if she would have been in charge of it. Jane you would know, have been Jane would have been going around and just randomly raping people. Well, I don't I don't again, there's two different things here. I don't mind when somebody has issues with something. What he did and what yeah. you're talking about, what he not only did you could tell he absolutely phoned it in. Mm-hmm. When you're being a part of the problem instead of if you're trying to find solutions and then you're criticizing something, okay. But when you are when, when you're objectively part of the issue and made something worse, you, you can't say it. You can't open your right. mouth. And he absolutely, because again, I, I despise that movie, even though like we talked about it. I don't like my dis, my problems with it, I think, stem from both he and because I think you've said that he and Natalie Portman. Yeah, they were the problem. Everything without them You can them tell is they great. mailed it in. The, the scenes where they're not involved of Thor to Dark World is a very good movie. Yeah. Like Thor and Loki, like I really like their uh, Kat chemistry Denning. together. Kat Denning yeah. is like the scene stealer in that movie. I love how she yeah. keeps calling Mjolnir Meow Meow. <laughs> yeah. When it's like going through the portals and stuff. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it, it's it's all fine and good for him to come out and say this, but like you know, I, I'm not letting him completely off the hook. Now, to be fair, Doctor Who is fucked. Dude. Party my not even, French. It's fucked. I'm, again, I'm not even a Doctor Who fan. And seeing what they did with these last three specials and watching the reviews of, from different people talk about it, it hurts well, the me. Be, the be, the best thing, it. the best thing is they had a male actor playing a woman character and was like, oh, well, you're a male presenting doctor, so you're a moron. It's like, you're a biological male douchebag. Like, really? <sighs> Are you that fucking dumb, Russell T. Davies? He absolutely is. So He absolutely I, is. I don't know. Like, I, like, I, like I, I lost a ton of respect for David Tennant for not, like, just walking out when they filmed that scene. And, like, no, I'm not doing this to myself. Yeah. Absolutely. So make them, you know what? Make them cut the scene, make them dub the line, make them find a creative way around it. But I'm like, say, I'm not saying this shit. Right. You can, uh, you have to use AI and I'm going to sue the shit out of you. But anyway, I mean, Doctor Who is dead. It makes me sad. Yeah. I, um, I loved Doctor Who back in the day when, like, you know, watching it on public asset access and PBS and stuff like that with the reruns. Um, and then when the, the Eccleston season came out, it's like, it literally made it borderline, like unwatchable for the old stuff because it was mm-hmm. so good and it looked so good. And like, you know, it had the Daleks and the, um, that Cassandra, the last human who <laughs> was like a great like commentary on, on humanity where she literally just had herself pulled and pulled and pulled until she was just a face and a mouth <laughs> with some eyes. <laughs> It was like, oh yes, I've I've got no wrinkles. Moisturize me. <laughs> so it was yeah. It was it was ridiculous. But um but yeah, all right. That, that's I mean, you know, I feel like that's enough on Get to some that. stuff that's some good news for all a change. Right. Talking good news. Um Monarch. 
Legacy of Monsters. We only have one episode to re- re- review this week. Episode six, yeah. Secrets and Lies, directed by Ama and written by Carl Greenfeld. Uh, it aired on December 15th and in 2015, well, they're in 2015 and 1955. Uh, real quick, out of five smooth move Lees, what do you give this one? <laughs> I give it a four out of five. All right. Uh, same thing. You saw my score, so you cheated. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> I, I've been putting I my always, scores in there just to yeah. mess with you. <laughs> I know, because I always I always have my score ready before I see yours mm-hmm. too. It's like yeah. okay, because I don't wanna I don't wanna be persuaded I, I, one way or another. Yeah. So it's it's kind of my, my little like cheap like, oh I'm gonna I'm gonna trick Daryl into giving it less because <laughs> But yeah, I'm kidding. That's your cheap that. heat. Cheap heat. That's my cheap heat. Yeah, <laughs> actually, I'm usually lower than you, so you know, it's like, yeah. What, what am I talking about? Um, but yeah, it's uh, this was a really good episode. I really, really enjoyed it. I mean, the four is like, you know, the, the honestly, I, the only reason I gave it a four is because of how it ended, which I di- I think is unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but, uh, in the present in 2015, uh, like this is the first time I was like wholly invested in what they were doing. Right. Um, and so they're looking for Kentaro and Kate's dad in May and, um, Lee and, uh, who's that? What's the other lady's name? Duvall is with them. Yeah. And yep. they are in Africa, and they're in a desert, and they're they're looking for um, Hero, and they find him. This was the coolest thing. They found him, and then they lost him. Um, right. <laughs> but uh, it, it was really cool because he was using uh, a Titan lore, which we'll talk about in a minute, um, to, to go fishing for a Titan um, using his map of you know, kind of how the, the waves go. And uh, we get Godzilla in the present. Yeah. And he's just sleeping in the desert, and they're bothering him. And they're like, hey, wake up. And he's like, hey, leave me alone. Go away. <laughs> I'm just sleeping. I'm here with my cute little nose. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, you know, how they say, don't go pulling on Superman's cape. Right. Don't go bopping Godzilla in the nose. No, Come not on, his guys. little nosy. His cute little snub nosy. He's so cute. He's a, I, they I just, made him look adorable. They really did. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just I think he's I think he's a cute looking Godzilla. I know we've said this before. <laughs> That's a cute looking Godzilla. I know we've said this before during this show, but again, it just amazes me that this is a TV show and how well they do the like the. The yes, and CG here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna give credit to Apple on this one because Apple yeah. does not just rush shit out. Mm, yeah. Like it's like, oh yeah, like we're probably not gonna we're not gonna know if it gets renewed until after the end of the season because that's how they do it. And then if they do, it's gonna be like you know, like if it's renewed, it's already renewed and we don't know about it. And they're writing it and they're like, oh yeah, it's renewed and it's gonna come out at this time and we've been working we're this far along into whatever. Um, but yeah, I I think one I thought the desert scene looked great when he was coming up and like all the carnage that was happening around them. Pour one out for Tim, um, you know, poor guy isn't didn't make yeah. it um, because, yeah, because his helicopter. 
he has a stupid helicopter pilot. Yeah, he just told but, the guy, pull up. And the guy was like, what? Well, I'm the pilot here. Honestly? I'm the captain now. If I'm the pilot and I see something coming out of the ground, I'm I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to pull up without orders. I'm going to be like, okay, you know what? Let's, let's get away that, from that's true. potential that's danger. That's true, but Tim did need to go. Yes. He was getting a little too big for his britches. Um, although I do think it's weird because, like, Lee came back and was like, oh, well, they're all dead. We never saw them. Yeah, that was kind of, you know, so and so I then think, I think he might have survived. I think they survived because here's the thing at the end, um, not of the episode, but of the of the present, Lee informs May and Kate and Kataro that he's going after Godzilla. And they're like, oh, well, you can't stop him. And he goes, I'm not trying to stop him. I'm here to help him. And <laughs> it's like, yes, he's trying to bring on another G day. I love it. <laughs> this is why he's so young. He got infected by a Titan and he's being controlled by something else that is making him want to help. And then Duvall's just evil. So <laughs> she's just like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't I'm, I'm like, I think the people at Monarch are actually kind of dumb and I don't really like humans. So let's, uh, let's do this. <laughs> Selling us out. <clears throat> yeah. It was, uh, it was, uh, it was, I, I don't know. I really liked it. it was, like I said, this is the first time I've been like the entire episode, like completely invested in the present. Right. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and especially because of the way Kentaro and Kate reacted to seeing their dad. Yeah. That was, and that, and that's, that, yeah, that was the thing. It's like the present aspect of this show has, I mean, it's been solid, but there's been more, uh, valleys yeah. than, than has been in the, in the past because right. the past, I've been all in on the past from day from the first episode and it really hasn't disappointed me or made me just, you know, want to fast forward to another scene. Right. Right. And in this this past, again, we get more you know, going talking about the past, we get a lot of background of Shaw and how do you present is it Mira? Mira, yeah. Kiko Mira. Yeah. Yeah, it's Keiko. That's her last name. Her first name, I mean. But, uh, yeah, we get... It's almost like a pseudo-love story in this and how they became who they were. And as, you know, you get Bill or Shaw and them, they're you know, trying to get funding for Monarch and you right. know, they're you know, just finding more of these Titans and figuring out, like, potentially more of these Titans because, again, to them, remember... They set off that bomb in what was it episode? Was it last episode mm. or episode four? It was. Uh, and um, I want to say it was last episode, wasn't it? No, it was episode four. Sorry, yeah. Okay. Because last episode, the that... past was just a year ago, or a re- yeah. year prior. But yeah. Yeah, and and right now this is but in the past it's 1955. Mm-hmm. so we're leading up. We're we're slowly catching up to that 1959 from episode one that we right. saw, we got. But um, so again, you know, they're they're trying to find funding. You know, they have have this big ball where, you know, they're where Keiko and Shaw are trying to smooth smooth. What is that general's name? Oh, uh, Colonel. Crap, I forgot. Um, yeah, because they're at the defense ball. Um, general, general, general. He was general also Puckett. in Supernatural. <clears throat> general oh, Puckett. He was also in Supernatural, by the way. That actor, Christopher Haroldall. Yeah. 
he played the demon that tortured Dean in hell. Oh, like when Demon Dean went to hell in season three. Was oh yeah. Season three. That then it really happened. Okay, cool. Um oh my God. <laughs> what? Nothing. Let's continue. <laughs> I, I love that it that it took you almost twenty years to get fed up with this. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, you're funny. <laughs> anyway. Um yeah, no, it was like, you know, the 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 defense ball was really interesting. It was like the anti Captain America and Peggy, right? You know, like because they, you know, because he shows up and they're like, "Oh, Mira is that Japanese?" And then he goes, "Well," or Puckett goes, "Well, she's one of the good ones." And then she got totally offended at Lee for not standing up for her. Yeah, I. I, I yeah. Found- I, I had to laugh when the guy said, say she's one of the good ones. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is going to oh, come this back. Is, this is going to be bad. Um, <laughs> you know, but in, in here's the other thing, too, is like we know that the kids aren't Lee's because they are uh, – they're, they're Randa's, not Shaw's. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't think Hero was – Lee's son. I mean, it might turn out to be, which I really, I'm going to be really disappointed if they do it that way. Um, yeah. Again, it's because and when we get this toward the end of the, I guess you would say like the, the end of the past where yeah. again, going back to a little bit of the past that during the ball, they have a big meeting for the budget. Yeah. But from Bill gets information, uh, you know, looking at some of the readings that there, there's something going on uh, in Japan right. as far as a potential another, whether it's be a Titan sighting or potential with, I think it was the energy readings or something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, he's, he's seen the gamma readings or the, what, the radioactive yeah. isotopes as they call them in the past. Yeah, um, yeah and Lee, uh, initially Lee has to stay just to... Well, they tell him, you have to yeah, stay. Yeah, he's like, the liaison. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. And... Again, even the even Puckett tells him at one yeah. point, he's like, you guess basically have to decide what is important to you. You gotta put your big boy pants on. Yes. And Lee goes to Japan. Yep. Doesn't have quite the initial reaction from Keiko as I'm mm-hmm. wondering if he was hoping for. Yeah. And that's when she tells him she she's like, you know, going with this whole who are the kids, she's mm-hmm. like, This can't work because of you know. Monarch, you're, you're, yeah. you know, you have you, you know, we can't let our feelings get in the way of the greater good. Basically, right. that's what she tells him. And you know, I, I don't think I was necessarily expecting this, like this particular avenue of the storyline. Yeah. Even though, again, from episode one, you knew something was going on, something had happened between them, despite her and Randa being married. Yeah, you knew that. You yeah. you just knew that. Right. But uh, like to see it play out like this, I think it's it's almost kind of like one of those rom coms and yeah, in a sense like. But again, it's still because of what they're doing. The storyline itself is still captivating. Yeah, as they they find this this Japanese scientist who's using that fishing lure or right. that lure fishing yep. lure, the lure we were talking about from the present. Yep, that same one that Hiroshi is using. Well, he's the he's inventor tra- of the Titan lure. Yes, he so, is. And Suzuki. that's when and that's when they find out because the lore works. Mm-hmm. They find out that Godzilla did not die. Gojira survived. Yeah, or maybe it's probably Gojira. Mm. Yeah. 
probably a little ornery from oh, yeah. having a bomb detonated in his I face. don't know. I mean, because they like the radiation. So maybe yeah. he was like, mm, this was a good snack. I want more, more, more. <laughs> He's like singing, in the midnight hour, I want more, more, more. <laughs> you know how it goes. Um but yeah, it's you know it's just one of those things where it's like, all right, this is this is cool. I uh, I like this. I like what's happening. Uh, I'm I'm a fan of of all of this. I think it's super well acted. It's super well written, and like you said, it is beautiful. Like like the only CG that didn't look great was the falling sand when when Godzilla was yeah. coming up out of his nap, little nappy nap, and. Like even that was like okay, and then there it had my favorite sound effect where the guy was like kind of falling into the crevice with the wow, the Wilhelm scream. Yes, the Wilhelm scream. Thank you. Um, I, I love it. I always they, love those yeah, in, those in movies and TV shows. So, uh, yeah. So this is great. Looking forward, there are uh, four more episodes left after after this one. So it should be good. Yeah, I've been very again. We have a lot of stuff that we talk down about, but this is one of the the positives, and it's actually a surprise to me because one, I did not, I hadn't been paying attention to the development or neither am I. Up, up, up in maybe a month before it came out premiere, yeah. I saw the first trailer. Maybe a month, and I was like, "Oh, that looks cool." I didn't so see a trailer for it. I just saw the title. I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna, I, I want to check this out because I liked." I, I didn't hate the Godzilla, like the new Godzilla Kong movies. Like, yeah. I actually like the Godzilla movie better than the Kong movie. because, Like, yes, better than Kong Skull yeah. Island because I like Godzilla better than I like King Kong. Well, I'm, I, I will say, just like I talk about Zack being a Zack Snyder stand, I am an absolute Godzilla stand. Yes. Godzilla, he can destroy the world. I don't care. Just give me the popcorn and watch him do it. Yep. Get it done, Godzilla. But anyway, uh, all right. Do you want to move on? Yeah, let's move on to moving on. Reacher. Move on. Let's move on to the big guy. Yeah, not that big guy. <laughs> the real big guy. The big green guy. No, not not that. Not the big green guy, and not the money laundering psychopath warmonger big guy, but <laughs> the big guy. Um. Okay, so Reacher Season 2, we're talking Episodes 1 through 3 because they all dropped, and I watched them consecutively on Thursday night. By the way, quick little like note for both Apple and Amazon. Usually the things that come out on, like, so it's supposed to come out on Friday the 15th. Um, they were available by, like, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock Eastern Time on the 14th which was great. Mm -hmm. So I actually bench watched yeah. all four episodes, <laughs> which I have not sat down to watch four episodes of television in years. I was about to say, so, uh, I don't know the last time you've told me you've done something even close to that. I mean, uh, the last time I watched more than like two episodes, like just sat and watched, like, you know, like I'll work and I'll have stuff on, like, you know, like I usually have like billions on in the background or something like that, like C-SPAN. But like, yeah, I was just <laughs> like, yes, like, so, all right. Out of, so because it's three episodes and we're going to talk about all of them at the same time. Out of 10, how freaking big can Alan actually get? What do you give this? <laughs> I give it an 8.15. I'm kidding. I give it an 8 out of 10. <gasps> you bastard. I went with an 8.12. <laughs> 
I was enthralled. The only thing I'm sad about <clears throat> is the opening scene was pretty much the preview. Mm-hmm. And I wish yeah. they would have held that back. Yeah. I I really like that. And it's funny because that's the second time they've done in season one, because we I just watched rewatched episode one of season one of when he gets into Margrave and the same thing similar yeah. thing happens, although he doesn't have to, you know, perpetrate any violence on the on the the character, the individual. Right. He he perpetrates violence with his uh his physical stature and mm-hmm. his the aura coming out. Let's just say it like that. So I like how they you know, they introduce him in a new town and mm-hmm. you know, something very similar happens. Yeah, and it's 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 a couple years later too. So, right. Um. But yeah, it's uh I don't know, man. It was just so good. And okay, so this one is based on the eleventh book. Um, season two is. Yep. Which takes place like way, way, way later than the first book. So the first book was called The Killing Floor. And this, which came out in 1997, that was Child's first book. And, um, wait, hold on. Yeah. And then um, this one is uh, uh, Bad Luck in Trouble. Um, which was published in 2007, so 10 years later of the from the first one. Um, and it was published, it was like written in the first per, or third person instead of the first person. Okay. Oh, I didn't know so, that. Yeah, yeah, which was interesting, which is why I think we saw all the other stuff that, that happened. Um, but I, I, it's like you've read some of these books, right? No, I haven't read any oh, of these. Oh, okay. I haven't read any of these as well. Um, but now I, I really, really want to. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, I don't know, man. Like, just it picked up, the character picked up right where he left off, like for us, as far as who he is, even though there's a whole story behind him being like much more like Neely said, road worn. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I just, I don't know, man. I think, um, I think one Alan was born to play this role. Um 100%. And then the the cast that is involved with season 2 is they're the the special investigators which the their little catchphrase is kind of dumb. Nobody messes with the special investigators. No, that's not it. It's you do not mess with the special. Yeah, that's worse for some reason. <laughs> like, like I, I don't, I don't, I don't know why it's uh, why you're doing this to me, Daryl. <laughs> but you know, here's the thing. At the end of the day, um, you know, it like it just it kicked off with such a bang. Um, and then you have a new favorite character, the the girl working at the thrift store counter. Oh my goodness. That was, <laughs> that was a prime example of some things that you see nowadays with uh, people and their, uh, let's say, less than enthusiastic approach to you know, 
serving the public in their positions of whether it be a cashier or something like right. that. It's it's it, it it was funny just because it was just so accurate mm-hmm. and what I've seen. Unless you go to Chick Fil A, that's totally different. But <laughs> never. Well, what's so different <laughs> about Chick Fil A, Daryl? Uh, Chick Fil A, I, 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 if you if I'm having a bad day, like not just for the food, go to Chick Fil A. The way they ask, "Hey, how may I help you?" and the, the, um, how genuine they are about mm-hmm. it, yeah, makes you feel a little bit good about yeah. yourself and a little bit better about your day. And you get to eat some Chick Fil A. So. I mean, yeah, it's pretty good. Not too, not not gonna complain about that. But um, but yeah, no, it, it's just like like I was saying, like it, it kicked off. Um, I liked how Neely passed like the signal on to him and the like the one ten ten thirty and. You know all all that stuff. It was. It, it's just like everything is so well thought out. Yeah, it it really is. And just again going back to how in season one where you got how he would how he broke things down, mm-hmm. and he does it here too when they're looking and at and you know their friend who you know, get dropped out of a plane. Um, it was not a plane, and which is a. Or a helicopter, I'm sorry. Well, no, it was not a plane. And that actually yeah. goes back into what I was saying and how he breaks everything down with Neely, who mm-hmm. it herself is like smart in her regard as far as PI stuff. Yeah. And that's the other thing I like because I told you this. What is, so it's Reacher, Neely, O'Connell, and Dixon. Dixon. And, yeah. they're, and they're all – and one, their chemistry together is great. Uh, I, I find uh, O'Neill or O'Connell, who Sean, I think Sean Sippos, he was Sean in Sippos, uh, yeah. the, yeah, he was in Krypton. The, uh, the, I never watched. He played that. Adam Strange. Yeah, I never did. I, uh, I watched a few episodes. Oh, it was, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. But he's been in other stuff too. But I mean, he's just that the wise ass, and it's funny because you know they were talking about yeah, because you get flashbacks to the past, like similar mm-hmm. to Monarch, you get flashbacks to the past. This past is how they all came to become the special investigators team and watching them grow together as a team, as individuals. And then you get to them to the present and how all three of them are so shocked that O'Connell is now a family man. And, but then you have also Dixon who is super under, who does this undercover work, who is great with numbers and how she, how she figures out this code that uh, was it Franz was from their friend that died. It, yeah, I really like how things are thought out, and it's not one of those things they grab out of the air, right? Which a lot of times you see in shows and movies where where the writers just like, okay, let's just they they figure this out some way. Mm-hmm. This is basically they show their work, and the, when how Reacher talks about it or. You know, how Dixon, how she figured out the number, you know, kind of like the number segmentation mm-hmm. by something small that Neely said to her. I, I really like writing that does that, that, that actually yeah. explains it. It's not over explanation either. That's the thing. It's not just like this long drawn out thing. Yeah. And the best thing is, but remember it, in the first season when he was reminding, um, oh shoot, what was um, the guy from, from iZombie's character's name? I'm so bad at this. Um, oh, the, uh, the he, cop. Yeah, he was like, it's it's all you you know, it's all in the details and stuff like that, and that's something he got from Dixon, you know, which was cool. Yeah. Yep. So, um, 
you know, and then with oh, O'Connor, O'Connell, whatever, uh, and he's like, you're a horrible shot. <laughs> like, you know, it's yeah. like, he was like, I want my Glock 17. He's like, well, it's a poor workman who blames his tools. <laughs> but, yeah. um, and and I, I like that because, you know, as friends, like me and you, we have that little stuff yeah. that we'll say that if somebody else heard it, they're like, what? Well, but it's, it's like anytime you tell me about your dream, whenever you tell me about you've had a dream about something and I always give you the exact same response. So. Yeah. And like, and it, it's like a running joke. Yeah. Well, let's go back to the supernatural thing where we started a few minutes ago. <laughs> it's not it's just, just supernatural though, <laughs> but, but I'm just saying in general, like that's an example yeah. and how all of them are just saying, dude, like, that was a lucky shot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he keeps going on about it where it's like, yeah, I, I talked to this person and they said, that's the best shot they've ever seen. <laughs> And that that that's the thing that makes it that make these characters endearing and just you you connect with them. Right. And that's 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 the other thing we talk about when we're talking about Monarch and finally connecting with the present characters. Reacher. And and again, when we reviewed the shift, what what I say, the first five minutes makes you connect with these two characters, two main characters as well as you can in, in any movie. The same thing with with watching you know Rickson and uh, Sippos and yeah. Swan, and and what's her name? The one that plays uh, oh. Maria Sten. Yep. Watching them just go back and forth with each other and work together and just in just yeah, I I would be fine if they even extended a couple scenes in the car with them. Yeah. Where it's just like they're driving somewhere and listen to them, you know, talk to each other. It's well, and so yeah. it's well done. Here's the other thing that's well done is those four have great chemistry. And then you throw Dominic Lombardozzi as the um, the police detective in there. Yes. Uh, what's his name? Hold on. It's uh, Russo. Russo. Yeah. Guy Russo. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it's it's funny because they like in the thing is like he's a crooked NYPD police PD, NYPD officer who tries to spy on Reacher. He's not crooked, though. He's not crooked. Yeah. Like it's like I read that and I'm like, wait a second. He's not unless there's something that happens <laughs> later on. Um yeah. you know, that that could be a thing. But um I've been a huge fan of him for a long time. Like, you know, I, I've always liked Dom. Um you know, obviously he was in uh <laughs> in Entourage. So but I loved him in the wire. That's that's the thing I, I Yeah. Yeah. Right. First, really was like, "Hey, this guy is actually like really quite ah. good." He's in two episodes of Billions. Yeah. Oh yeah. So he's uh, the one pizza guy's like grandson or something. Um, but anyway, he's like, you know, he's just one of those guys, and he's a he's a one of those guys, right? He's like, oh, he's been yes, in this, absolutely. he's been in that. Um, you know, he's just he's always kind of like, okay, like. When he sh- and, and the thing is, when he shows up, it's like okay, he's usually pretty good, you know. Um, but the the fact that they have the chemistry with him as well, I think, really is showing the strength of the writing. Um, you know what Robert Patrick did with very limited screen time, mm-hmm. you know, was was pretty awesome. Yeah, he shows himself to be a a, a great a heel. Yes. He's a really good villain. Um, he always yeah. has been. I, I will say this with uh, Russo's character. I 
I hope we don't get one where he, you know, he turns on them because I like the idea that the, the dynamic of him being an honest cop and kind of bending his morals and his code a little bit to try to figure this stuff out with, you know, working with Reacher and the gang, because he even tells him at one point, he's like, dude, don't put me in this situation. Yeah, Cause he fudged, um, Reacher's, vi- uh, you know, stats. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, cause that's the thing is Reacher. It's funny because he's gotten so big, like, and he's, you know, just crazy. I will say, uh, I did like, I liked the episode three, the best mm-hmm. of the three episodes so far. Because this is the first time we've seen we see things that like Reacher knows or thinks he knows that yeah. that we now know and we know more than Reacher does at this point. And then as he's learning and finding things out, you know, that's that's where it's at. Yeah, oh, I I love the the, the kind of like the what you, the title of the episode. I can't wait to see what the big guy does. Right. Too. I mean, that was pretty cool. As he then gets unceremoniously just dumped out of the back of the helicopter. Yeah. Who's the big guy? Yeah. <laughs> Who's the big guy? Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Like I said, it's um, it's one of these things where like we really liked the first season. Um, and now here we are, you know, coming back to to it. And, and it just, it didn't miss a beat. It's great. And it's already, it's they're filming season three right now. Which is awesome. Yes, even which better. is even better. So, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I mean, I like honestly, I think an eight out of ten is is me just kind of like, okay, like if it because it's like if it's better, if it gets better, which I think it will, because the first season did. Um yes. then I'm definitely gonna be like, Well, I shouldn't have given that an eight because now I have to go to like a nine and you know, you know me, I don't wanna go. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's got to be it's got to be like great, like per, oh, nearly perfect to go nine or above. So, yeah, and, and it was funny because, yeah, at the party, uh, I don't think anybody had seen it yet that I was at yesterday, last night. Yeah, there are several people that really liked season two or well, season, season one, one. And it, they didn't realize that season two. I mean, again, it just came out Friday or yeah. actually technically Thursday. Yeah. But I was like, oh, man, I, I really like it. I, I, I love like from looking back, especially since I just watched the the premiere, the series premiere, mm-hmm. and then watching, right, you know, I, I did that yesterday, and then what I had watched this Friday, so far, and again, there's only three episodes. The first three episodes of season two, I like more than the first three episodes of season one. Yeah. And again, that's yeah. just I just think it's one, it's the character, but it's also what we've added to the bunch, mm-hmm. particularly with uh Dixon and O'Connell and getting more backstory on the special investigators. Yeah. And and Reacher and and how Reacher thinks ahead because we get how he helps bond these people that are for lack of a better term, they have nothing really in common. Right. And he he finds a way to bond and I and I'm not gonna say how I really like the way he had them bond together. Yeah. Oh with the fight, uh, yeah. Yeah, I really like that because I knew right when they when it right before it started, I was like, "Oh, he's doing this, isn't he?" <laughs> because again, these people were just from different aspects of you know their expertise is different, and 
I just really like this show. I, I, I like the, the writing of the show. Like I said, I, the chemistry of these actors together. And like you said, what little we got of Robert Patrick's Langston character. Mm-hmm. Um, and there seems to be some mystery about one of their, one of their guys, Swan, who they, they still can't find. Right. And despite thinking he's dead, but it now after we, at the end of episode three, he might not be dead and mm-hmm. he might have something to do with what's going on. Yeah. I, I really like it. I'm, I'm really looking forward to next week's episode and I, I just yeah. really like this show. Yep. I, re- I like it a lot. Yeah. I'm also interested to find out what happened to Sanchez and Orozco. Um, yeah. Who I, I look at as the, uh, the LAX of, of the group with Santina, Santina and Ortiz <laughs> from, uh, from AEW because nobody cared about them either. No. <laughs> the LAX. Yeah. Nobody cared about you and impact either guys. Sorry. Um, anyway. All right. Uh, I mean, that's it, man. Like, definitely check yeah. out all these shows. The, these are great. Like, we we obviously left a bunch of cool stuff out. But, uh, but yeah, at the end of the day, it's exciting to have stuff we're excited to watch and talk about and, and you know, chat about with each other. And I, I'm, I'm pretty sure your eyes, like, lit up when I texted you on Thursday. Reacher's up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. And then, and then, like, 10 minutes later, Monarch's up. <laughs> And man, dude, next week is going to be busy. You got Reacher, you got Monarch, you have um, Iron Claw comes out. Yep. You have Rebel Moon coming out. What if comes out? Hopefully, what if is good. Uh, it's it's going to be busy. It's going to be pretty busy. And again, I don't know all of the stuff we're going to talk about, but uh, and then I know coming up we have our best of year yep. coming up as well. So it's going to be a busy few weeks. Yeah. So like getting into the new year. Yeah, it's exciting. Uh, you know, I'm almost of the mind that we should wait till after the new year to do I, our best of I'm stuff. I'm kind of thinking. Just honestly, because, I, like, we have stuff next week and then the week after. Maybe week we should after, wait I, until the the week of January 5th and January 12th to do them. I, I agree. I so, absolutely agree. But I don't know. Let us know what you guys think. Uh, if we should do them before the end of the year or after. Because I'm pretty sure I'm not going to get to see minus one before. Like the end before we, we start. Yeah, that's talking cut, Nick, about well, it. that's yeah, because I don't have any time off this year in December, which is super weird for me. Yeah, that is really weird because yeah. you got like a month off last year or something. Like I always that. take the last two weeks of the year off. Yeah. So. But yeah, it's just what I do. But that's <laughs> not a thing this year. But anyway, it happens. Say right. la vie. Say la vie. Or as uh, Shaw says as he walks away to go track down Godzilla. Allons-y. <laughs> all right. Well, on that note, thank you all for listening. Daryl, any last words? Nope. All right. We will see you all next week. Have a great one, and we'll talk to you later. See you. The Infamous Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. You can find new episodes every Sunday on Apple Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast, our website, or anywhere podcasts are downloaded. This show is hosted by Daryl Jasper and me, Brian Tudor. To find more information about the show, visit us at infamouspodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Infamous Podcast to keep up with the show. We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash infamous podcast. We have some great rewards for our patrons and are looking 
for help to grow the show to bring you more of the content you want to hear. Music for this podcast is provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. So whenever you're listening to us, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.